So this is the most personal podcast I have done to date. Billy Brogan is the therapist who helped me back in April when I was really struggling with anxiety. I thought I was having a breakdown. Billy said it was actually a breakthrough. And I wanted you all to have access to him and the techniques he shared with me to get me back to myself. I was afraid of therapy and the connotations attached to it, but talking with Billy was the best decision I've made and I'm sharing my experience to chip away at the idea that therapy is anything other than an investment in yourself. If you have any type of anxiety, stress, feelings of depression, worried about COVID, or just want to hear about a specific therapeutic process, then this is my gift to you. As always, a thanks to Audro for sponsoring. excited to introduce uh, Billy Brogan. Um, you guys don't know who he is, but I've spoken about him before and he is a multi-qualified therapist and he is who um, counseled me on the phone, I think it was back in July or June. Yeah. Um, and he really, in and around, but he really, really helped me. And what I loved about it was that we had to do it over the phone. We've just gone into a, a new lockdown. So I wanted it to come from the horse's mouth and he would come on and have a chat so thank you so much billy for agreeing to come on and have thank a chat you, with me. for having me <laughs> i know that this is normally um not the dynamic that we would have everything was done over the phone yeah so it's actually nice I to see your face over the phone uh, quite a lot with people and COVID has brought therapy to a new area where it's video counseling you know skype whatsapp all of that stuff I've been at it for 10 or 12 years, along, you know, long before it started. And it works for me and it's working for a lot of people and it worked for you. Yeah, no, it, look, it definitely did. And I um, I was I sent uh, Billy some quotes or some videos from LinkedIn and yeah. I use his he has all these tips and tricks. So there was one as well, pink ink link. And what I wanted to, I suppose, have a chat about initially to start it off was um, people have higher levels of obviously stress and anxiety at the moment with COVID. Um, and, you know, I saw on your website, I was having a look before we spoke, that you do everything from teenage bullying to uh, professional um, anxiety and things like that. Have you seen like an uptick in people reaching out in relation to anything specific? Well, COVID is unique because for the first time, People that wouldn't have experienced stress before, they're being told what to do, we can't go out. So it's a different type of anxiety. And where people would be managing before, you know, stay at home, all of a sudden you're at home from work, you don't have the drive in to work, you're staying with your partner, your kids. So it's a whole new way of yeah. living. And even for even therapists, it's totally different because all of a sudden they wouldn't be used to working online or phone. So it's the same for everybody. So there is a big upsurge in it. People that may have presented with anxiety a lot before, there has been an increase. And, you know, I'm all, and I say this to everybody, the best way to, to manage something is to talk about it and to talk about it to a professional, you know? Yeah. And it's okay, you can share it with your friends and everything else, but, you know, I may have mentioned it to you before. If you had a toothache, would you talk to a friend or would you go to the butcher? <laughs> would you go to a dentist? You did say that to me before. Yes, because it was weird. It was weird when we had our first conversation. And I think that this is what I want people to get that there seems to be an idea about therapy, you know, and I had that I, I felt like 
re reaching out was maybe a sign of weakness or that I wasn't managing my mind. And I remember our first call, you you had said that to me, you know, that. No, it's a sign of strength. Like, I don't use the word breakdown. I, I, I call it a breakthrough. It's a realization, hey, I can't manage this and I, I want to be able to manage it. So I need mm -hmm. to reach out to somebody. So it becomes a breakthrough. Um, people talk about nervous breakdowns. I call them nervous breakthroughs, you know. Yeah. It's different, but it's a way of looking at something totally different. There's a huge stigma around a weakness. I call it a strength. You know, I can't come back to if you, if you want to study for something, you have to go to college, you have to learn stuff. A lot of my style of therapy is psychoeducation, the person I'm working with, because we weren't born to be bullied. We weren't born to be anxious. We stress at different levels, you know, so it's about reaching out to a support. That's, well, that's I, no, and, and you were you were such a support to me. Is there anything that you would say, like, is there a warning sign or is it like do you think people should get therapy first let me because i have so many questions for you do you think people should get therapy okay. before they feel anxious or before a situation like should it be something that's continuous that they just tip in and out well for me i would promote it because i'm a therapist <laughs> but you know we have a, a most unique organ in the world it's it's a brain and it's unique to every individual and if you were growing up in a family of three, your situation is going to be different, you know, depending on where you come in the family, your experience of school, it's all different. So, yes, I recommend everybody should have therapy, but there's an old thing, oh, from once I go to therapy, I'm going to be in therapy for life. I had six sessions with you. I've always said to people, you know, you might come back and touch base with me. It's like an NCT, you know, a service for your car if you're struggling. But people touch base with me, even when they're having a good time, just to acknowledge. So we see what's working, what's not working, and we tweak it. You know? And it's all about talking, and it's fun. It's not just all sad. You know? No, no, because I look at the diaries that I had, you know, like through our different sessions. And I mean, even in the first four weeks, the difference yeah. that I became more conscious I think what you'd flagged with me was what my internal dialogue was like can you tell people um because I feel everybody has a really high standard for themselves at the moment and you flagged something yeah. with me that I thought like we're not really kind to ourselves so you flagged two things with me one was the inner critic and the other yeah. one was which blew my mind you said like did you ask yourself how you are today and I was like yeah. I haven't asked myself how I am in 40 years that was the first time Great. tell us a little how bit about right that <laughs> how are you right now right now I'm so happy okay so happy what does happy feel like and we won't get into that but an awful lot of people don't understand what happiness is we're not born with an inner critic it's not part of our psyche you know we could have a bad parenting experience a bad brother sister experience growing up a bad school experience and sometimes you know we're going along in the world and we're all nice and somebody comes in and says oh you're selfish or you're not a nice person so this is where the inner critic comes in if we're anyway vulnerable at all and we don't talk about it we keep it a little secret i don't have an inner critic there's no voice going on in my head but as we go through life then we don't want anybody to know it so the inner critic gets bigger we feed it we never challenge it we don't know what we say to ourselves. And I love the thinking glint piece. And I learned that from somewhere down the line and invented. So I love to write. And because 
writing, we can see what we're actually thinking. And, you know, the, the brain creates 30 to 60,000 thoughts a day. When we're anxious or nervous, it goes to 100. Often we don't know what we're thinking. So our head is fried, our head is frizzled. So sometimes people would say to me, like, oh, I'm a bad mother, Billy. I'm, uh, I'm a very bad friend. And I would actually tell them what a bad mother is. And I would say, no, they'd, how dare you? <laughs> I'd say, no, how dare you? But we never actually ask our kids, are we a bad parent or our friends? Are we a bad friend? But we might have learned that. But by talking about it and challenging it and, you know, naming it as taming it, then we can, we can say, God, I'm telling myself this stuff. So we need the evidence. Am I this person? Now, you mentioned, you know, workplaces sometimes, oh, you're great, you think you're great. That's wrong because somebody is bullying you. So you don't want people to, oh, am I too full of myself? And you mightn't be. You might be the most nicest person in the world, but all of a sudden you, be, you create an anxiety and a tension that was never there. So, you know, there's an awful difference between depress, depression and depressing. So we start to depress, we get sad, we get anxious, stress, worry. You know, so that's the inner critic. So by naming it, writing it down, we actually can recognize it. And then we can challenge it. Does that make sense? It makes perfect sense. And one of the things that I found when you had said pink ink link, you had said something to me that your thought creates sometimes a feeling. So like I would have a thought that would go through my head and then it almost, can you explain this a little bit? Because I'm not going to do it justice, but where it almost, it creates the feeling because you're telling yourself something and then that manifests almost in your body. Well, a bit of therapy, a lot of doctors recommend it today and a lot of companies. It doesn't mean it's the best therapy. It means that it's the most researched. So it stays cognition and behavior, cognitive behavior. It stays away from the feeling, but we're, we're humans, we're emotional. So if we've a thought we're no good, what's the first thing that we're going to do? We're going to feel bad. So when we write down the thought, where does that come from? The ink is writing it, and the link is putting two and two together and getting four. So we can actually see our own thoughts and then we can challenge them. Does that make sense? Now, I didn't invent it. It's been there for years. I hear it on courses every time, but a lot of people were too busy to write. Sometimes with, with people I work with, I don't know if I'm on camera, I get yeah. them with notebooks. You know, people ask me, what self-help book will I buy? I'd say, write your own. What do I struggle with? What am I worried about? What frustrates me? What makes me angry? What's good in my life? What am I very good at? We don't tend to write these things. There's the evidence, not somebody else's life story, you know. That's like literally what I have here. <laughs> I have, well yeah, like all of these, because even um, I had said to people before on one of the videos that I was doing, so this wasn't even just to do with the anxiety, the pink ink link helped me with, um, yeah. I suppose an element of imposter syndrome when I was going yeah. to speak to a CEO yeah. and I was like, oh my God, like completely panic pink and I was gonna have a seven or, you know, I'm gonna make an absolute show of myself and start that inner critic came in and start telling me you're not good enough, you're not this, you're not, yeah. 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 And just to take a minute and be aware of that yeah. Sorry. Yeah. And, and, and sometimes you see, I said to people, somebody said that to you at some level in your life. Yeah. It's not about going back and getting angry with that person. It's about recognizing 
this is my behavior when I represent, when I meet somebody that's important or that I am at the same level as them, they may also have the same anxiety as you have. Mm. So is it going to be there, we'll say, the next time you meet a, a, a powerful person or a very successful person? The answer is it will, but it won't be as strong. You won't yeah. be as anxious because, you see, anxiety is not a bad emotion. Stress, we talk about it today, they're not all bad. You know, stress can be a good driver. Anxiety can be a good driver. I ask people, what's positive about your stress? What's positive anxiety? You know, what, what makes you go to college exams? We've, we experience these when we're doing presentations, all of that. But if we have a, an incredible little, like I have a teddy bear in my office and when I work and people say, what's the teddy bear? Then we actually identify it. And, you know, it was a, a client of mine that brought in a teddy bear to me one day. So I use that little tool, you know? Yeah, a prop. Prop, yeah, and, and, and they're great, you know? I think though for that, even when you when we had spoken, you had used a couple of props um, and yeah. it had taken, well, it helped me take the focus off myself. Cap. Yeah, yeah, you had used a prop. Tell us what the cap is for. Well, okay. The cap, I'm a therapist. I go for a beer with my friends. Billy, stop talking like that. I go fishing, you know, stuff like that. So we have different roles in life. You could have a parent, could be working. So they need to be a parent, you know, they not come in as a teacher, stuff like that, you know. So sometimes it's a good one just to say, what cap am I wearing? What role am I? Am I a parent? Am I a friend? Or, you know, just to look at, it's a good one for us. You know, it's, it's a psychological thing too. Yeah, that you're so many things to More so many different moment, people. Yeah. Yes. Um, in relation to, uh, I suppose, you had mentioned a couple of things there about people growing up and, you know, maybe like they're the third child or, you know, whatever it would be. Do you, is it true, like, I, d I don't know that, like, these ideas are put in your head from childhood about yourself or that you start to form an opinion on, on yourself? Or is it, like, certain points? Yeah. Well, okay, young guy grows up in the house. His father is a Man United supporter, a Liberal su supporter. Who's he going to support? Probably. You know. So we get little schemas, you know, they're little beliefs, core beliefs. And, the, you know, the, the, all the child development psychology suggests that we, we develop between 1 and 12, 1 and 14. So we learn a lot of these things and we carry it through life. Therapy is often about changing some of these that I'm no good, that I am, can be successful. You know, and I work with people that have been told horrendous things. I work with people that have had brilliant experiences. But it could be a college friend. It could be not getting an interview. It could be all of these things that contribute. But, you know, the writing down, where did it come from? When did I hear it first? You know, I may have done that little thing with you. So you get to identify. So you, you're psychoeducating yourself. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And, you know, there could be six people in a family and nobody might have experienced anything bare one. But it's for that person to identify it because we all have different experiences. Like if you went to a movie with two of your friends and you came out and you said, wow, you know, wasn't that a great film? And one of them might have said it was the greatest load of crap. The other person, mm, you know, so we see different things differently. So it's important to acknowledge that too. Yeah, there was one thing as well that you'd spoken about that I think would be good to share um, about the cup. The 
cup. The white cup. When, oh, and, well, it's quite a good thing when I'm working with couples sometimes have sunglasses. And, you know, green pair of sunglasses, red pair of sunglasses. So I might ask them to put on the sunglasses and I take up the white cup. I don't have it here. And I ask them, what's the colour of the cup? And they say green or red. They're seeing it through the sunglasses. Now, this is something with couples, but I would sometimes use it if, if there's a conflict in, in, in a company or if I'm working with a team, because we see things differently. It's important that we also acknowledge how other people may see things. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it does, that you're coming to yeah. it or whatever situation with different perspectives yeah. and different yeah. life experiences. Yeah, well, you see, that's all. That's what it's all about is life experiences. And if we have store an awful lot of stuff back in our brain and we can have anger, we can have worry, we can have stress, we can have anthem. Sometimes when we're challenged, it explodes. Mm. And we don't like to be, especially as adults, threatened or put down by others, you know. True story. Um, we also spoke about um, the word, and I think like with anxiety, so even after I'd done some of the videos and things, people have different types. So it could be like, you know, professional anxiety or like something to do with your personal life, or it could be not necessarily yeah. situational, but just that, you know, you're yeah. the imbalance, you know, and maybe you're prone to that. And um, how, how do you think people can take the lessons from managing anxiety to get okay. themselves through COVID? Okay. Well, I would just talk about anxiety first. And if I was to tell you to breathe and relax, the first thing you're going to do is to stress and your brain is going to say, feck off, Billy. But a client of mine taught me this many years ago. Brilliant lady, lovely lady. Smell the roses, blow out the candle. And I asked her, could I use it? <laughs> you know, and she said, with my permission. Now, smelling the roses and blowing out the candle is what for you? Well, it gives a different picture. It's like, yeah, breathing. We breathe automatically every day. Some people that have anxiety say, Billy, my heart is going to jump out. Well, it can't. Tightness of the chest. We're under threat, you know. So the first thing that's going to happen is our breathing <clears throat> is actually going to go out of sync. But, you know, these are the things, if you were to smell the roses 10 times a day, you're actually taking control of your breathing. Anxiety is all about being under threat. Anxiety is about worry. We have panic attacks when we fear that something that we happened in our past is going to repeat itself. We get, anxiety is down to what worry, you know, we're worrying about stuff going forward. So for me, mindfulness and relaxation are brilliant. But if somebody is throwing mindfulness at you and you're stressed, they're no good. Mm. So you have to be able to know what you're anxious about and then use these little techniques to manage because Anxiety isn't bad. It's not as bad as we think. And some of our anxiety has been driven by organizations today who want us to support them or to do tablets or to do and It's not as bad as what it, the world is making it out to be. COVID this time, is, a lot of people are managing it a lot better than they did the last time mm. because now they know what it's like. So it's a different anxiety this time. It's not as bad. Does that make sense? But we're not hearing that through the medias, to all of this stuff. And a lot of young people aren't as anxious as we're told. And that's been driven, and it can be by the pharma companies, by organisations who need want us to be 
throwing money at them, you know. And um, so if you have a technique like smelling the roses, one of the richest I ever heard, instead of breathing in to seven and blowing out to 29, you know, because we forget about these little techniques, grounding yourself, relaxing, you know, and taking time out, looking at the clock, seeing what time of day it is, you know, stuff like that. But everything is unique to the individual. And it's very important that you understand this, you know, that's why we all like to help people. So we all like to give them tips. So we wouldn't pull a tooth for them. You know, we wouldn't do their hair. We'd refer them to the things. So that's what I say. Always refer people. And a lot of companies today have EAP systems and uh, insurance companies are more um, providing counseling today, you know, so it's, it's there for people. And I suppose getting back to your question, there's different areas to talking. You know, you can go to the doctor and talk about your issue. He'll give you medication. He might refer you on. You can come to a counselor. You can go to a psychologist. But it's down to the individual to remove their own stigma. You know, it's down to the individual. And, you know, I, what I admire about you is you've said it publicly. You went to therapy. Has anybody come up and said to you, oh, you're a weak person? No. And my biggest fear... Yeah. My biggest fear after just like having that breakthrough, as you call it, um, was that people would think differently of me, you know, and, and th that added to my anxiety because they, I can't control other people's thoughts, you know. What people would think different about you? This is one well, thing. I well, that was, that was the thing. That's how I ended up doing it because there were no people. It was yeah. just in my head and what I found Absolutely. after I told people and like I'd written a blog on trauma and the tips that I'd learned and you know how to like forge ahead and all of those different things and just that like that it's still a process like I'm still in the process yeah. of it but what I found was that Absolutely. me being vulnerable and just telling my truth actually yeah. attracted people to me and people then started to feel comfortable to tell their own story you see, people ask me, you can, when, you tell a, when you tell a story, it doesn't have the power that it had in your head. Does that make sense? Yeah. You actually release the tension, you go out and you see yourself as a different person. And the people, these are invisible people in your world, all the people that you love and care for and care for you, well done. So you're signposting people. So, you know, it isn't a brilliant, but what stigma? You know, like in my practice, I deal with every, every, what I say, every role. I deal with successful sports people. I deal with people that are struggling. I deal with the probation service. I deal with kids. I deal with students, everybody. Mm. But the great thing is that they don't have the same issues from once they start on the road of therapy. It's a positive experience for 90% of them. You know, it's very important when, when somebody is selecting a therapist that they have a relationship with the person, that they can work with the person, that the person isn't telling them what to do, or, you know, it, it's not like the old teacher. It has to be just fun in it, you know? Does yeah. that make sense? Well, I it does. And I remember and saying to you, Billy, you saved me. Like, my family are sick of hearing about, because I would be. Billy said this and Billy said that because I needed that until I found my own voice, you know, so I needed Absolutely. that. So, you know, it's not Billy anymore. It's 
Who is well, it's it? still a little bit Billy, but that's okay. <laughs> no, but it's 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 great to hear you you know, like there's a lot of people out there promoting mental health today. There's some people that get huge amounts of money out of promoting mental health. They don't signpost people, they have the same story, they're coached, you know, they charge huge fees between two and five thousand euros. They're not doing anything, they're doing something for their own mental health. These people like yourself are doing something for this is how you do it, you're directing somebody, you know. Mm. And as I said to you before, counseling isn't a lifetime thing. People think, oh, I'm going to be, you know, people often said to when they come in for the first session, does this mean I'm, I won't say the word, you know, but I'd say no. What you want out of this is what you'll get out of this. You know yourself that I like people to work and I ask people, what do you want from me? What can I support you with? You were with me for one hour a week for six weeks. I think we may have had two or three calls in between. <laughs> yeah, I, remember that. Little, you know, yeah, but, I had a wobble yeah no but a wobble is okay because it's a you know it's it's a, it's good to have it you talk about it so you learn from it does that make sense mm-hmm. so it's been a p- positive experience for you it's a growing yeah. experience it's been it has been life-changing and the thing that I wanted to, I remember you saying to me what do you want to get out of it in the first um, lesson and I have it in my book um, and it was like that I want to have the coping skills that I don't have the physical reaction to anxiety like I had, like the not yeah. sleeping, the not eating, losing the weight, you know, all of yeah. that, like just like that heart racing, as you had said, like I felt physically that my heart was going to come out of my chest, panic attacks, yeah. all of this stuff. You're under threat, and, yeah. Yeah, just constantly under threat, like, and then obviously throw in isolation, COVID, the, you know, it was just... I won't swear, but it was a bleep show. And then, so I said, I want to cope in techniques for that, that I can bring myself back to myself. And then the other thing was that I wanted to be able to use the experience to help other people. Yeah. And I I got to do that, you know, and I, and even with this podcast, like it's, what I want to do is I wanted to make people like you accessible to more people like me, you know, who working class that maybe wouldn't have thought Therapy will be for them. It's for rich people. It's lying no. on a couch. It's no. You see, there's a budget. There's a cost to it if you don't have your insurance. And you know, it's like we go out at the weekend and we do our hair. We go on a holiday. I said to people, it's an investment in yourself. It's a growth. Mm. It's a personal experience. You know, it's a, it is a big growth. It's learning. You know, and I like what you said about techniques. Techniques. People ask sometimes. I want a tool, Billy. A tool is a hammer, and all you can do is drive a nail with it. A technique is something that you can tweak yourself. Because a lot of what we did, you've owned it. You know, they're, they're gone. You know, you own them now. And, you know, this smell the roses, blow out the candle. Trust me, an awful lot of people have it. They even tell it to other therapists, you know, when I'm on workshops. And I learned that from somebody that was using it to, for herself to cope, you know. Yeah, well, I think that that's how we move forward, though, because it isn't this you know like paywall where that information yeah, isn't no, there no. obviously like I think people should talk to a therapist and and as you said every case is individual but it's being generous with those ideas and saying look this is yeah. what I learned it worked for me try it yeah. and then explore yeah. it yourself you know there was one thing I wanted to ask you as well there's a couple of words that were triggers for me and you had spoken about mindfulness and I feel that there's a misconception like people just say, oh, you need to be more mindful, but that yeah. doesn't, 
that doesn't mean anything like what is mindful you know when you say bring in because i would say you bring yourself back to yourself you know yeah. explain but that for people mindful has been around since mankind was born and today it's big business for a lot of people we're doing mindfulness courses and people said they've been mindful <clears throat> and if you force yourself to be mindful it actually the opposite it's stressful um, nobody can teach you to be mindful until you're ready. And, you know, I often I would put it like this. If you had stones constantly in your shoe, wouldn't you take them out? Yeah. So you deal with your issues. Yoga is great. All of that stuff is great. But when you're in a bad place and you're forcing yourself, and we get a lot of direction, which is wrong by the people that direct us to go into mindfulness, you know. Mm. You have to be able to talk about it. Now, people will argue, but I will argue, and I will win this one, that it's a great technique when you're in a good place. And to use it going forward then every time, because you mentioned there will be triggers. It can be sitting at a light and looking the red. Instead of panicking red, orange, green, you know, or these little roadworks, 198, 196, 195. Now, <clears throat> if you're angry, are you going to be given out or counting the numbers? And often I get people, and that's one of the reasons they might be anger management because they've pulled out in front of a car or they, you know, they're going mad, as they'd say. <clears throat> it's just that they're anxious. Now, somebody tells them to relax. The first thing that they're going to say, the second word is off. I won't. Yeah. So <clears throat> then they have the, oh, that's all you're going to do and it's the mindful. I gave you an MP3, for instance. Remember the first day, mm -hmm. three or four weeks into the sessions before you actually started to listen to it. It's a 29 minute long one, okay? You couldn't have listened to it the first day because of where you were at. Does that make sense? Yeah, 100%. You remember saying to me, I didn't listen to it, Billy, I hadn't time. And this is something that happens. I was too busy climbing the walls. Yeah, no, but you see, you can't relax when you're climbing the walls. You can't force it. And sometimes I would say stuff like that, smell the roses, blow out the candle, go for a walk. Another one is the two times tables. Have you ever, you know, and if, if could you do this live for me, the two times oh, tables? Oh, God. Go well, from zero up to nine, and I'll tell you the reason why after. I don't know if I can do it. I can't remember them. Two by zero is zero. Two by one is two, two by two is four, two by Slow three, down, no? two by down. three is six, two by four is eight, two by five is 10, two by six is 12, two by seven is 14, two by eight is 16, and two by nine is 18. Now, what were you doing when you were doing that? Just thinking about the numbers. Yeah. Sometimes people would say, I'm not doing that. I don't do that. They will forget the three, they will forget the five, they will stop. What's the point? And I'd say exactly because when you can get to nine, that's when you're relaxing. That's when you can focus. It's a great technique for sleeping. It's a great technique for insomnia, stuff like this, you know. Um, but it also brings you right into the moment. It brings you right into the present. Now, that's a mindfulness technique. Mindfulness is when you can just come into where you're at at the moment, when Nothing matters when it's whatever time, quarter to 12 on a Saturday morning and you can live there. You're not worried about anything. You're just worried, am I going to get the next number right? 
You could have money worries, you could have relationship issues, but you won't manage them. But you see, you'll manage them better when you're in a calm place. Does that make sense? Yeah. So it's a great technique. It's a simple technique. Now, when we are anxious, you see, that this part of the brain doesn't want us to slow down. It just wants to focus on that issue. The cognitive part of the brain doesn't want to be focusing on the negative. So there's a huge row going on. So who wins is either the two times tables or your story. Does that make sense? Yeah, 100%. Um, it's, so when you say the two parts of the brain are kind of arguing with themselves in anxiety, the unconscious and the conscious brain and the amygdala, you know, the protector, and there's a novel of stuff, and it's very complex. So I, 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 little, I, I may have done it with you before, you know, but sometimes is the row, we, we're angry, we still hold on to that stuff, we can't move on from it. And, you know, the inner critic is very much in the past. So, and doesn't want you to, to let go of it because it has protected you, you know, People talk about fear. Fear protects us. Fear stops us, you know, from getting hurt again or, you know, going through the same thing again. So we don't want to. So to learn is to move on, but to, to be mindful about it, you know. To do it with purpose. Absolutely. Well, to, to own stuff, you know, because if you own who you are, your ability, nobody can question you. They might try and put you down, but, you know, they can't take what you achieve away from you. Well, I found that with you that really over the six weeks and over the whole of the COVID thing, I had to like reintroduce myself to myself. And um, because I had, <laughs> well, I found out I liked me. Yeah. I'm not, I'm moaning in the mornings. And you know, when you kind of like get to know yourself, and I had to separate, and I wrote about this in the blog, like after we'd spoken. You have to really know yourself. So then when people say things about you, you can separate the fact from the fiction. You can say, well, yeah. I know I'm I'm not great at this, but I know I'm also yeah. none if, of that. You know, in a workplace, for instance, if somebody's been overworked today and overloaded with stuff, and I use this thing, so they're telling you to fly a plane and you don't know how to fly a plane. You're not trained to fly a plane. So, you know, there's a lot of stress putting on. I can do this. I can't do this. You know? And you mentioned something there, which is very important too. And it's another little technique. Sometimes, am I, am. Did I, do you remember that one? You did, yeah. I can. Now, what does am I make us do? It makes us question ourselves. Am I good enough? I am good enough. Can I do this? I can do this. So when you move into the, I can do this, but I might need to study more. I, you know, you actually go into stuff. You know, the supposed probabilities, all of that stuff is, is our own stuff. It's this the psychoeducating piece. Well, that's a, look. That's a great segue onto it because when I was looking at the uh, my self help book that I wrote with you, um, <laughs> it was so we went over that. Am I can I? <clears throat> and it made me really conscious of not even just the inner critic, like the you know the obvious inner critic. It was I had so many doubts and from the anxiety that I was feeling about everything I was saying was, oh, maybe I'll do that, or probably I will do that. Yeah, and probably, suppose, yeah. Yeah, and nothing that I was saying was based in any certainty. And you would flag that with me. Why, why do you think it's important for people to be cognizant of that? 
Well, you see, we look at people and we hear them talking brilliantly and we we hear them and we compare ourselves to that person. But actually, I'm always listening to the person. And, you know, when we talk about our proposals and, and they would be putting themselves down. But I'm hearing a pure person. They're not hearing the person that they're becoming because we criticize ourselves. Does that make sense? So if you're comparing yourself to somebody else, you'll never become the person you want to be. Because you're setting those as your, you know, who you have to become. So, you know, so we have to re reset the picture. The brain loves pictures too. So when we, we, we draw our picture, well, this is what I'm going to be, this is what I'm going to do, you know? We're always putting ourselves down when it's the inner critic piece. If we struggle with self-esteem, because there's a difference between self-esteem and confidence. Self-esteem is here. Confidence is the ability we have to perform. You know, that we go out and we do these little workshops and we, we might question ourselves, but we, we present. The inner critic is the self-esteem. You know, I'm no good. I'm, so we, because good anxiety when we're doing a workshop is, 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 is positive. You know, we research and we make sure it's done. But if we're very critical of ourselves, we go around to everyone, was it good enough? You know, all of this stuff do you think was bad? We won't be saying, what did you learn from today? That makes sense? It makes perfect sense, Billy. You're just dropping nuggets of wisdom um, yeah. all over the place. What would you say to people who, specifically now with COVID, yeah. <clears throat> I suppose um, the uncertainty of everything, you know, and one of the things I had spoken to a lady, I won't mention her name, but she had lost her job <clears throat> so yeah. like the real life consequences she'd yes. lost her job i didn't have anything to give her um you know obviously recruitment is quiet as well everybody yeah. has their stresses and with she she really felt like you know that she was failing she's failing her family and i had mentioned the word victim What's failing? What's well failing? <laughs> this this part is for her yeah no, but what's failing everybody is struggling it's not about but if she, what's a failure? She, she hasn't a job. She has the ability. We don't know the future. Mm. But if she was to separate, what's failing? You know, what, what, what's failing? It's, it's, it's quite easy. Some people, I just have to sit and listen to them and just say, right, that's where it is. But what's failing? Is she Could she support herself in any way? You know, I don't do the grateful list, as you said, you know, to be grateful for this, grateful for that, because that's, that's stress that causes stress. But is she doing her best in the circumstances? Yeah, you know, 100%. I have, yeah, I may have told you before, it's another technique It was taught by a, a young man I worked with and he was on the dole and he was getting counseling to the services I was working for. And I asked him, was he worried about money one day? And he was getting 146 euros a week. It's a good few years ago. You know, he said, no, I'm not, Billy. He had five envelopes and he divided his money every week. He took it out of the bank. It was paid into the bank from, and he took it out and he put mother, you know, rent money, clothes money, food money, cans money, the ciggies money, a few bets money. And I said to him, are you worried about money? You know, and he said, no, but I get paid again next week. So it took the fear away that he knew that it was coming next week. So he was also managing what he had. Now, it can be a hard story for somebody that's struggling at the moment. When we look at the simple thing, because I certainly learned from it. I've taught, told that story to a lot of people that would be worried around money. So if we organize our money, we tell ourselves we're afraid of money. We're not. We 
we're afraid of not having enough. Does that make sense? Yes. And it's it's a hard place to come because you know, if somebody says, oh, you have to think positive, that could be like scary for some people because we're not in their shoes. But this lady may not have been never not unemployed. So it's a whole new, new, new experience. So what's it like for her? You know, it's a great question too, because she'll get to be able to talk about it. Yeah, and well, what I wanted to, what I had been saying to her was that like, it wasn't that she was failing, you know, it was, yeah, she yeah. wasn't out of work because she wasn't trying or she wasn't looking. She's she was failing. out of, yeah, she's out of work because she's a victim of a global pandemic. And this brings me back to the word victim because she yeah. had the same reaction I did. She was like, yeah. well, I'm not a victim. I'm like, yeah. well. <laughs> a victim is somebody that can't control, doesn't choose what happens to them. Survivor is somebody that takes ownership. How can I manage this? And as you know yourself, it takes an awful lot to become a survivor. We don't like to be labeled as victims, but we have to be to survive. We're all victims of something, you know. But acceptance is the first stage in, in we'll say, recovery or taking ownership of something. And it's a hard place to be at. And I use that, as I said to you, the first day, if you remember, if you accept where you are, I can help you. You know, we can help each other. But if we're all the time going to be a wine, you know, then it doesn't work. No, no, it doesn't. And I think when we had gone through what it was and you had gotten me to do the writing um, technique. Well, and I hadn't I got you to do it. I'd given you the option of doing it. Well, that was it. And I ran towards it. Um, and in the end, I suppose I came up with that victim is for me anyway victim was a pit stop on the road to being yeah. a survivor but i had to acknowledge that this is where this is the reality of the situation that i'm in Absolutely. you know warts and all this is yeah. this is it yeah. like and then it's like okay and started to use the techniques to yeah. calm myself and then be able to receive yeah. the genuine information that therapy gave me yeah. so interesting well, it is, you know, and, and, and if you look at it in a short space of time, how far you've come. And that's why I said to people, you know, in your journaling, what am I learning? Where am I coming to? You know, we evolve as humans. We evolve. We learn something. We can never forget how to walk. We can never forget two and two is four. So when some people say to you, forget about that, I'd say, no, learn from it, manage it better. Does that make sense? Yeah, 100%. Positive experience. No, I do look at like how far I've come. And I think when I when I had rang you to say thank you um, and just, I suppose, acknowledge it, I have been looking at the books and I'm like, this isn't the only book I have. I have like a couple. Yeah. And I, I was conscious that like people would see me on LinkedIn or, you know, um, doing these podcasts and it looks like everything's perfect, but everything's yeah. a process. And the thing for me that I think I that I know I learned in it was yeah. that to trust the process that like, you know, not every day it is going to be process, good. It's a journey. Yeah. You know, you know, some people go to therapy and they don't want to talk about it and that's okay. Some people don't want to be seen as therapy, but it's moving, you know, in America, everybody has a therapist, you know, it's, it's coming more and more in a lot of companies today. Like I work in a company in Galway every Friday and I'm on site. A lot of companies today are putting people like myself, so they're taking the, you know, the the stigma away from it. You know, if you have an issue, go in and have a chat with somebody like Billy. It could be something. And you know, 
sometimes therapy might be just only one or two sessions. There might be you might be struggling with something. You know, I said if somebody wants advice when they come in to me, go to a solicitor. I don't do advice, but let's have a little bit of insight, you know, and let's maybe look at little options you have, unravel it, you know. So some people might only need one or two sessions, you know. And then some people a little bit longer. And then. As you said, it depends on the individual. My last thing is there's so many different types of therapy and it says like even on your website when I was looking at it um, that there was like, a, you know, you're trained in so many different ways. But yeah. I think what we had done together was was it a psycho education? Well, it was a bit of everything. <laughs> I was thinking, it was like, the, yeah, how much are they, how much are these? A lot of therapists today are trained in different different things. When choosing a therapist, make sure the therapist is regulated. ISCP, HIP, Addiction Counselors Association of Ireland, stuff like that. Make sure the person is regulated. A lot of people are presenting as therapists today. But you can ask the therapist, show me your qualifications. I have mine stuck on the wall, not because I'm things, but people do. I say, listen, yeah, that's it. That's the proper way to do it. But um, it's down to the relationship. You, you know, you could have all the skill sets in the world and you, you you know so and everybody has a different need from their therapist but as i said before a lot of people like cbt because it, doctors love it because it's the most researched doesn't mean it's the best so personal centered there's all loads of stuff today and there's a lot of great therapists out there you know yeah and you're one of them thank you <laughs> receive it <laughs> Oh, no, no, uh, we, you know, we sat in the car, it was, it was brilliant to get your call, you know, and uh, sometimes it's nice because it's a lonely profession, you know, um, I don't do things like this, and when you ask me, you know, I'm doing it for other therapists, I'm doing it for other people like yourself, that there are people out there that need it and are afraid of it, you know. Mm. Yeah, and it's, it, I was afraid of it, I was one of those yeah. people, and it turned out to be one of the best decisions I've ever made. It was like an investment in myself. Yes, that's exactly what it is. I said the exact same. This is an investment in you. You've done the work in between and information gathering maybe more than homework. But it, 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 it gives you knowledge of, you know, your little notebooks. You still write what's going well. What do you struggle with? I do. And it depends on the, on the weeks. Okay. When I did have a bit of a... Uh, I suppose wobble um and what had happened was it's almost or a like, learning experience uh, well yeah it was a learning experience it's all learning experiences but um what had happened was i it's like you know if you go to the gym and you get fit and then you stop and go home and eat burgers and go how am i not keeping my shape and that's what it was it was that like i had gotten to a good place and then i thought well you know let me stop doing these well it was it wasn't a conscious decision but i thought i could relax whereas i really needed to keep up the journaling checking in with myself i suppose it's an important thing to finish on a self-care plan i ask people about what's your self-care plan are you work five minutes a week you know it can be journaling it can be going for a walk it can be your own time you know what am i learning and and you know it's awful important it moves away from talking. It can be going for a walk. And here I said the NCTs, people touch base with me every six months or every three months, depending on the need. But you see, the old ways will return. And that's why the cognitive piece is 
you know, putting it in your diary, saying I might give Billy a call or I might give my therapist a call for an NCT and stuff like that. And just to stay on form. Yeah. And, you know, I'm struggling with this and I get it all the time. You know, a lady sent me a text the other day, engine is, you know, stuff like that in the NCT. That's the little language we have, checking in for one. But it's great to know that's the self-care plan. And it's yeah. very important. One last thing, and I suppose people say to me, it's very important, mistakes, I make an awful lot of mistakes, Billy. And what's a mistake in my world? It's a learning experience. It's a mistake if you keep doing it. So what did I learn? What were my learning experiences today? <laughs> well, I um, I have I have adopted that. And that was because uh, I had done another video uh, from when we spoke about failure and changing our relationship with the word yeah. Um, yeah. and the effect that it has on us. But you've just been so good. Yeah, so I mean, like, people are going to have so much to take away from this, like the self-care plan and the tips and techniques um, are so good. And what I will do is okay. I will put a link to your um, website. Um, well, I'm doing it up at the moment, but, you know, I might actually, you know, that MP3 I sent you, if I sent you a link and if people want to use that. Okay. Yeah, it's free of charge. It's a 29-minute one. Um you know, to use it there at their will. It, it I will. To... I will definitely share it with with this, um, and we can put it on the, I can put it on the Spotify um, channel so people can actually stream it and have a listen to it. And I remember the first time I actually did have the mental capacity to listen to it. I slept like a baby. Yeah. Yeah. I slept like a baby. So thank you so much, Billy. Okay. No, thank you because it's great. It's great to see you, Siobhan. It's great for this.